Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Turning Point Podcast. My guest today is Dominic Brickman. He's a certified coach and speaker of the John Maxwell team. He's been following the latest and greatest figures in society and seeks to gain the skills and mindset of those who go the furthest. He's a public speaker, published author, and a podcaster. Today we talk about entrepreneurship, leadership, and millennials. If you're looking to learn a new skill, whether it is graphic design, cooking, photography, film, so much more, you can go to turningpointpodcast.com and get two months, two premium months of Skillshare free. They have great instructors and reviews so you can see what course better applies to what you want to do. If you are loving the content and would like to support the podcast, you can do that several ways. You can subscribe in Apple, iTunes, leave a rating, or you can go to patreon.com slash turningpointpodcast to contribute to the different tiers, whether it is a few dollars a month to keep the podcast growing or whether it is a few dollars more to get exclusive content from the podcast. And now, enjoy the show. So, Don, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks much for having me. I do like to always kick off an episode with the guests sharing a little bit about their background. Uh, can you tell us about your journey and where you're at right now? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so back in 2011, it was a random day at the office at a local public library and it's greeting my colleagues and one of them was like, hey, how's it going? And for some strange reason, I decided to be smart and take and turn it to a pun and say, you know what, I'm going north. And she was like, okay. And one of my other colleagues just busted out laughing like, what <laughs> the heck? <laughs> and then... Little did I know a turning point would happen a year later, and on my 21st birthday, I got into this car accident on my way to class, funny enough. And not only that, my father, he also going through his beginning stages of Alzheimer's, and then after that, it's left to me to be more responsible, making sure my parents get to their doctor's appointments and all the other stuff, and then trying to balance that a full-time school career as well as a part-time job it actually affected me more than i thought and it kind of shows that awareness is a necessary tool that everybody has to have because my boss called me in a couple months later and was asking me what the heck is going on and then listed all the stuff where i was screwing up and i realized oh, like, wow. oh, okay like yeah <laughs> that's it, that's rough it's just it's a lot to handle though yeah you're right about that especially when you pride yourself on being able to balance both personal professional life it's like yeah don't bring the personal to professional and back and forth but nope it was actually seeping in and through i was like oh okay <laughs> so uh after that i just went ahead and since it was around september that year and then the meet is probably like later that year 2013 i decided to do this thing where i call it the new year's mantra for Those who may not be aware of it, it may be your one word for the year. It's basically where you set a one to three word theme for the year. My first word for that year, 2013, was rebirth. And I became a voracious reader and decided to read at least 50 plus books a year every year after that and try to implement at least something from each book I read. And then lo and behold, I ended up writing a book of my own and start my own business and becoming 
professional speaker on the side while also getting promoted to a full-time job as a full-time librarian at where I work at. So I have to say it's been pretty fruitful thus far. So that's a little bit about myself and kind of how I got to where I am today in 2019 at least. So was it always, I guess, a goal for you to become an author or is that something that just, um, I guess, throughout your journey kind of you discovered about yourself that, hey, maybe this is something that I want to do, even though, right, you're so you're working at a library, you're, you're doing some work there. So maybe that does go hand in hand, or is that something that you actually kind of stumble upon throughout your journey? Funny enough, it was actually something I stumbled upon because there's this activity where you write out your own personal obituary when I was doing the whole professional development thing with all the reading and I was at this Toastmasters meeting where this guy named Daniel Alley was getting his start and he was giving this inspirational speech, how to act like a leader. And he defined act into three separate into like a little acronym for audacious, contagious, and tenacious. And part of that was in the book that he was selling too. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go on ahead and pick up his book, support him, see what it's about. And it was a page turner. It was 20 bucks, it was a good book, and the thing about it was I was probably a good 21, 22 at the time. He was around a good 25, and it was just amazing seeing this young guy, he's still in his early 20s, actually going out speaking, and he has his own published book. And just seeing him kind of lit a fire in me, I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should become an author too, because he was writing about the same things I was basically reading about. So just seeing him in action really in inspired me and that's just like the power of trying to be a good example we heck maybe even not even when you realize it's like hey if you do something positive and someone takes notice and they like it they you may inspire someone else too so your actions can be the inspiration for someone else to go out there and just do something good with their life I think about that too. I'm I'm 32 now, and and I see a lot of and I interview a lot of young people. I have one episode. It was just uh, this guy who's 19 and has done so much. And I'm like, what was I even doing at 19? What was I even doing at 25? Like I was doing. I feel like I was doing meaningful things, but it's just impressive to keep meeting people like in their early 20s and just we are now. I think as a society and a lot of millennials. Um, get a bad reputation, but a lot of them are doing a lot of meaningful stuff. And we take the spotlight away from them and try to put it on on the millennials that might not be, you know, as ambitious or or as just fine with maybe just the status quo of going to college and doing certain things and getting married. And, and we take the spotlight away from those that are really doing amazing things. Um, I'm not sure if I, I wouldn't call it, I guess, fair or unfair. I just think that we also should talk a lot about the people that are doing great things at a young age. Amen to that. Amen to that. Indeed. It is probably by design. You never know. Cause it's like, you know what? This probably sells better, especially for the news. Like, yeah, let's blame exactly. millennials. They're younger than us. <laughs> they could take it. We had to take it. <laughs> Maybe not as bad, but we, well, they could take it. It'll build character in them. Exactly. Exactly. I think, well, you know, that sells, like you said, right? Whatever we put in, I don't know, CNN or any other news channel, they always they always have breaking news for this. So every day there's like four, I don't know, five breaking news. And it's just a lot of negative stuff. And there's a lot of people that are just not even paying attention to the news anymore, at least not watching them as they used to, just because they're starting to realize a lot of that. 
you said that you published uh, I'm Going North, and uh, you also published another book as well, right? Oh, yes, ma'am, indeed. That one's called Stay the Course. So going north is like, all right, I'm on this journey up, going north, positive, embracing my dreams and helping others to embrace theirs too. All right, all right, I'm on I'm on the journey. Now what? What would I do now? So stay the course. Around a good six or seven months after publishing Going North, my father passed away after his long battle with Alzheimer's and the grief actually affected me more than I thought it would. I mean, I, I knew the day was coming. Everybody in our family knew the day was coming. It was written on the wall even after his bad accident the day after Chris where he cracked four of his ribs and his lung collapsed. Yeah, That's and rough. he Yeah, and he was 92 when it happened and he it was it, it, tough tough dude for real. Fought in World War II and the Korean War and jumped out of planes in the 82nd Airborne Division, but yeah, the grief it was it it kind of went back to the whole 2012 thing where the personal life was seeping into the professional life with the day job and boss had to call me in again. It's like, "All right, she was showing me my performance reviews in the past. And this was after she was kind enough to let, let me stay on the job and, and gave me a good one. And this one followed up. It was like, all right. The first two were brights, like, yeah, top performer, high performer. And then the last couple of years, the whole thing where it showed just not as good, not as a good performance review and everything like that it wasn't a shiny it wasn't shiny it was it, it was kind of like it was gold and then it just became plain dirt we didn't even go to copy it was just like plain dirt and then i don't know it was like you know what it just hit me then like stay the course and it's like all right you you get a form of success but how do you sustain it and maintain it and it led to the fact that awareness is that major key because if you're aware of not only what's going on internally, but also what's going on around you, you can better act accordingly to what's going on. Because if you're aware of your time, your money, your habits, then you can actually transform your life into something better. And that's actually the main acronym for the first five chapters of the book. And that's Mitch. So M is mental awareness, being aware of your mindset. I, influence awareness, being aware of those in your circles of influence. T, time awareness, being aware of your time. C, connection awareness, being aware of those that you're connecting with and those you're currently connected with. And H, for habit awareness, being aware of the habits. Do you have habits that build you up into the force of nature that you can be? Or do you have habits that are tearing you down and you're basically a ditto, but you're not copying any other Pokemon? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good. I, I like that. I like that. And and I guess that I'm gonna I guess not pivot, but I'm gonna piggyback out of out of what you just said. Um, in I was reading your website, and in going north, um, you talk a little bit about how to develop and maintain a positive attitude. Um, I guess what would you say is like the first baby step? And I'm stealing that word from Dave Ramsey. Um, the first baby step that listeners should take in order to to achieve that just to start because right now we live in a world uh, you know things are not easy right now I think like a lot of people live angry and and go through life angry because of multiple things um, and I try not to judge them but sometimes that negative energy obviously comes towards you so how do you I guess uh, try to maintain a positive outlook on everything when the world around you might not be the same uh, so funny enough, the answer to this question, at least part of it, 
is something we touched on earlier a bit is just avoiding watching the news. It's like when you wake up in the morning, try to get within yourself and get silent and heck, even do prayers and meditation as opposed to turning on the hypnosis poison box known as the television to see what the heck is going on and see what they're saying on the news because it's not always good. It's like, especially if you're in Sidos mode right now, have a full-time job and you're trying to get the Sidos going to the fact where you can quit that, you don't need to start off your days like, hey, this person was stabbed last night, this person was shot. And then traffic is uber horrible. Like that's not a good way to start off your day. No. So that's that's part of it. And the other one is actually not only avoiding the news, but also putting material in front of your eyes and in your ears that'll actually benefit you. Like if it's a good podcast like this one, and also just motivational speakers and other folks like John Maxwell, Eric Thomas, just name a couple. Heck, even. Mike Murdoch, if if you're into the Christian goodness, but just like stuff like that. And funny enough, actually break that down even further into the first book with the rave method is the R.A.V.E., just the reading, the great material, listening to good material with audio immersion and the V, which is visual stimulation. So making sure would you if you're going to slide through like Instagram or Facebook or some social media, make sure it's at least something positive for a short amount of time, not a couple hours or whatever. And the E is encouragement. Also encouraging others, because if you encourage one person, that may be that one good word that'll keep them from trying to off themselves. Cause like you mentioned, Daryl was like so crazy out there nowadays. Emotions are running higher than weed nowadays and folks are getting triggered by everything. And it's like, like, hey, you just, just a random smile at somebody. If you one one smile from one person could probably change their life because no one probably had nobody smile at them all weekend. If you're that one person that just shared a random innocent smile with somebody, then hey, that, that that's a good good thing right there because we all need encouragement, not only encouraging others but also encouraging yourself as well because it's good to encourage others, but also keep your well full as well because if you have nothing to give you're basically a dried up well and folks are just getting dirt out of you they don't they ain't getting the water that'll nourish them and keep them hydrated 100 percent agree with that and interesting enough going back to to like instagram i tried to do like a week of like no instagram when i would wake up because usually my my phone is my alarm so i was just you know turn off the alarm and then go to instagram just by like every day that it's just gross on you to check it and because I have a full-time job and the podcast is kind of my side business, my side hustle. So I have to, before and kind of after work, do uh, marketing for uh, for the podcast and Instagram and whatnot. So I try to do it early in the morning. But then I go through a rabbit hole of like going back to my personal <laughs> Instagram. And I, yep. it's like been an hour and I have to go start work. And I did one post for the podcast and that was it. And it should have been more of an hour doing a little bit of marketing for the podcast. And... It, you just you just get involved in people's lives, right? Because they're posting their stories. So now you're seeing what they did. If it's like a Monday morning, you're seeing what they did Sunday night. And then those stories stay in Instagram for like 24 hours. So you just click on it. You see that story. Then you go to another story. Then you go to another story. It's like 45 minutes. And now you cashed up with like 20 of your friends. But you didn't do anything of value for that side hustle or side business that I that the reason that I woke up to do to turn on my phone and check Instagram, I didn't even end up doing that. Um, 
and then you also see negative things a lot of people i've i i love animals and i protect my dog like it's my own baby and I I unfollow people that sometimes will share stories where it's like animals being abused. And I'm like, I don't know if you're doing it for awareness or you're doing it for attention, but that mm. just got you an unfollow right there because I can't see that. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, you wake up in the morning and you end up doing all this and it, and it turns up into something negative and you're just kicking off the day with something negative instead of just waking up, maybe doing some exercises, maybe doing a little bit, listening to an audiobook or a podcast or reading or something else, just drinking your coffee in, in your balcony or your deck, just doing something that's not negative because then you're just starting your day with that negative note just going to carry with you the rest of the day because it's really hard to get off of that note once you're in it. Heck yeah, especially that social media black hole. My goodness. <laughs> mm, it never ends. It. It's like, we got you. The quicksand has you. You're not escaping. <laughs> That's what people like. That's what people like post a picture or post something and they keep checking their phone um, because they just want that like. And not even because they're influencers and they're trying to. I Some people have their Instagram accounts as a, a way to make some side money, right? Trying to be an influencer or whatnot. It's just people that even have their accounts private. They're not even really making money out of it, but they're obsessed with trying to get more likes. Pivoting again, I guess, to motivation. Um, for me personally, when when sometimes I may not feel as motivated to do something for the podcast because I, I love what I do with the podcast and I love what I'm the community that I'm creating with it, but some days I might not be as motivated. I find that, that I get motivated by sharing what I'm doing and what I want and where I want to take the podcast to or sharing the guests that are going to be coming in the pipeline soon for those episodes. Um, where do you find motivation to inspire others, right, as a speaker? Um, I guess, as has it always been a calling or something that you, you wanted to do? Or again, was that maybe like another turning point in your career where you were like, I really like to do public speaking and share my story and, and maybe motivate people as well? Uh, I guess it's kind of a bit of both because ever since I was around 15, 16, the church folks have been telling me for years, I got this great voice, this great radio voice. And I'm like, all right, if folks like to hear it, let's see if they'll pay for it. And then out of nowhere, it's like I had a podcast moment started almost two years ago, funny enough. Now we interview people all over the world. And sometimes I like to just go back and listen to my old interviews with other folks that I've had my going north podcast and like, wow, it, this was, this is really good. This person really dropped some great stuff. And sometimes the mind is like, oh man, I feel like if this was a Toastmasters grammarian thing, counting my ums and us, they would probably count <laughs> certain transitional phrases I use as a filler word. So just basically what keeps me motivated is being able to inspire others and also going back over past victories and just being grateful for the progress that I have made. Cause now granted I'm not fully where I want to be yet, but just being grateful for progress is better than nothing. And that's probably a tip for not just myself to follow, but also a lot of other people out there is to occasionally take time to maybe even create like a journal of proof of like your past victories and just look back on it and be like, hey, this this is a great shining moment right here just to reboost and bolster up that confidence. Because one thing uh, about a speaker, especially if they're motivating and inspire somebody, it's like who's there to inspire the speaker who inspires everyone else. So just remembering to encourage yourself and 
just the fact that it's like, hey, I'm helping people, but am I also keeping some self-care in mind, too? Because that's also another thing that kind of goes off the awareness thing, taking time for self-care to refill your will to give your water for everyone else. So that's just one of the great things about speaking and especially with what we're doing through podcasting, just getting giving platforms for other folks to share the voices out there because there's a lot of good things happening in the world and folks need to hear about those good things. Yep, I agree. Did you ever, I guess in the past, um, initially, I guess when you were doing uh, public speaking, did you get nervous at the beginning? Was it like a work in progress to get to the point where you're just comfortable and maybe you don't get asked nervous? Um, and I guess this question has a part A and part B. Um, for those folks listening that might not know what Toastmasters is, could you also explain a little bit about that? Sure. So from my experience, if I'm not nervous before presentation, that means I'm too cocky and I'm probably going to suck really bad. So the nervousness <laughs> really is still there. If, if I'm not somewhat a little anxious, then I'm a little worried like, oh, shoot, am I too cocky for this? And Toastmasters, for those that don't know, it's a nonprofit organization that's been around for 90 plus years. It helps people to develop their communication and leadership skills. I like to call it the leadership laboratory because public speaking is a skill that every leader should have in their possession, especially when they speak clearly and effectively. And it's a nice little laboratory to get into a place, especially if you're introvert and meet people and practice public speaking because you can give a presentation to prepare for work or a presentation to prepare for an upcoming presentation to promote a book, whatever you're promoting, like your business or whatever, and get feedback from other folks who are there for the most part, the same reason you're there to get better. And when you do it enough, you'll be able to get your butterflies in your stomach to fly in formation and actually channel that energy to make sure that you can project and enunciate clearly and effectively as opposed to stumbling over your words. And another thing another thing to remind yourself for anyone who's new to speaking in front of audiences is the fact that nobody in that room wants you to suck. Nobody. Especially if they paid to hear you to speak. Like especially if it's like on a Saturday or whatever. And so they paid good money to, and they sacrificed time and attention to hear you speak. They don't want you to suck because they paid for it. They're sitting there. They're trying to enjoy the presentation, get something out of it, and they don't want you to suck so bad. So that's another thing to keep in mind, too. No one really, really wants you to suck. And if you have a hater that says you suck, that's just their problem unless there's like a 100 out of a hundred and. One people that say you suck. Now, that's a different story. Now, if, if it's like 101 people in the room and only one person say you were good and they don't tell you why you were good, then you might want to see how you can improve. But like no one out there wants to hear a bad speech because if they hear it, they're going to if they hear it and it's bad, they're going to remember it. And they're going to remember not to hear want to hear you give a presentation ever again. So the nervousness, it never goes away it just gets channeled into more energy and heck even a couple other folks i talk with other speakers it's like hey it shows that you care about the content you're going to deliver and it hopes to actually inform entertain and inspire somebody 
and that person wants to be inspired, they want to be informed and inspired. They don't want you to be bad at all. Nobody truly wants you to suck on the stage because they pay good money or they're sacrificing their time and their physical attention just to see you speak. So that's just some stuff to keep in mind. Yep. So I don't think anyone's actually sitting, like actually paying to go see you sitting there and rooting for you to fail. Um, but we get in our heads. We get in our heads and we start thinking, well, this is what's going to happen even before you step in that stage. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do podcasting. Like I I am pretty good at podcasting. I can interview people and I can do all of this and I've been thinking of branching out into YouTube. But then I get I get nervous. That starts kicking in, right? And I'm like, do I really want to do that? Kind of like my voice in the microphone, kind of like this kind of platform instead. But when you're not really um, working out of your comfort zone, you're not growing. So um, it's in the works to kind of push and grow out of the podcast, the the Turning Point podcast community more outside of, of just, you know, recording this and, and doing interviews. So are you, you're currently doing your podcast, you have your books, are you thinking of publishing more books? What does the future look for you now? Yeah, so more books to come. The second book, it took longer than expected. It was supposed to be out last fall, but it came out this past May, but it made bestseller list on Amazon, so I'm very grateful for that. So that's, Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much, and I thank everybody who purchased the book this far and everybody in the future, because it's like if you're published author and no one buys to read it you're basically a human walk around a published journal so (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that (laughs) yeah so yeah it's like all right cool all right cool just it 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 makes me look like i'm not totally crazy that that's the good part about it but yeah i got another book in the works it's kind of on the beyonce tip right now there's no timetable when it's going to come out it's just going to come out when it does because Books keep on asking, it's like, hey, when's that third book coming out? Well, have you bought the second one or read it? And it's it's just that. And then folks think I have this third book out yet. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's the sign of, hey, uh, get cracked on the third one, buddy. And I do have a goal to have at least 15 books out under my name, at least before casket time. So we'll see how many books I'll crank out in my lifetime. But that's the goal, 15. And the third one will be out. Eventually, and of course, doing more speaking as well. I'm actually going to be doing a couple of speaking events in the coming months. Funny enough, got a couple planned for next year, Inspired to Lead. One is going to be out in the DMV out in Bel Air, and another one's going to be out in the Benton, Arkansas area. So a couple speaking engagements lined up there too. And also looking to bit by bit kick it more into high gear and do more Leadership works workshops because a lot of folks they may know about John Max or may not know about him. Man, leadership is a very in thing now, and folks always need leadership development. So that's a another thing I'm passionate about and plan on doing more of too. And of course, the podcast that's that one's definitely still heading north. About a I guess about 160 some episodes in, and more to come. So yeah, the, they're still fueling the tank. That's amazing. Congratulations on all that work. And uh, I wish you good luck in your all your future endeavors with your new books coming out. I guess I have nice. one question kind of wrapping up. I think you're going to like this one. Um, I have some guests that get a little bit nervous because they don't know what to say. But I like to close asking um, 
the guest, like, what books have you read that you would recommend that have, I guess, made a difference in your life? Oh, yeah. This was a hard one because it's like they're on other podcasts, are usually recommend a lot of the similar books. But this one, I want to try to recommend a different book. And I want to recommend the book called The Magic of Getting What You Want by David Schwartz. And for those who are familiar with The Magic of Thinking Big book, this is probably the book that followed that one and takes it to a higher level. So The Magic of Getting What You Want. And that's actually the book where I did the whole personal obituary I wrote out my obituary a few years ago and trying to fulfill it. So probably one book that I've recommended others, others to read that I really haven't recommended on any other podcast to date so far. So I'm kind of glad you sent me that question beforehand so I could look back at my reading list. Like, all right, which one's a good one that I haven't recommended yet? It's like so, some way it sounds like I'm repeating the same thing on every podcast. <laughs> Sometimes I hear books that have been repeated from, you know, one guest saying and then the other guest says the same thing. But I haven't heard this one, so I'm going to look into it myself. And one more thing, if the listeners want to learn more about you, where can they go to do that? Uh, yes, so feel free to Google me, Dominic Brightman, Dom Brightman on DomBrightman.com. I'm on most of the major social medias like the IG, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Uh, I got a YouTube as well. A couple of my speeches are on there. The podcast is on there. Heck, I even got a pinch account. I mean, it's it's there. I, I, I occasionally pin stuff. So, yep, feel <laughs> free to <laughs> hit Dom Brightman up on Google. You'll find me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. Again, I really appreciate it. I think it was a really fun conversation. Woohoo. Appreciate you too. And that is a wrap for this episode. I did want to share with you guys a few things. I am changing, as you can see, the intro music for the podcast episodes. I'm usually doing it based on like the tone or the content that was discussed there or the guest. I hope you guys like that. It's just keeping the podcast a little bit, you know, fresh and kind of a new intro every time that you listen to a new episode. Also, I've been thinking of doing a couple of solo episodes focusing a lot on mental clarity and productivity and essentialism basically a lot of the things that we are reading and are being exposed to now on how to limit a little bit social media how to kind of pull away from your phone for a little bit maybe on the weekends and kind of decompress and, and disconnect so that you can take care of yourself um, your mental health and yourself so that you can focus on other things and keep growing. Let me know what you think. It'll be a very small series, probably two to three episodes, just covering a lot of research and people that I talk to. And I think it would be a great addition to the podcast. And remember, if you know someone that you think might gain a lot of value from the podcast, share that turning point podcast dot com link so that they can find the podcast platform of their preference to listen to all the episodes so for now peace out see you next time